We gotta end this song at some point, otherwise it's just, just the podcast. It's just an hour of us doing our <laughs> like air band rendition of the lore dump intro. That's another podcast we have to start soon. <laughs> We've got a laundry list of podcasts now. Yeah, my the one we started. <laughs> you and commune, is yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I nearly said. I got that. Got that. Got that. TM. 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 So, hello, Josh. Hey, Sean. How are How's you? How's it going? Morning? How's it going? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. I got my tea. Ooh, look. Ooh. <sighs> That's not a prop. I've got my steak dinner. I'm, 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 oh, that I'm, looks. Is that medium rare? It's. Uh, I actually have it just raw. Raw steak, but it I does have, have garlic steak. butter on it. It does have garlic butter on it. That's the only thing I cooked is the garlic. <laughs> you cook the garlic butter and then put that on raw steak. Mm-hmm. That's very, it's, very. It's quite good. It's very manly of you. You're a man's man, Sean. Clearly. Yeah. yeah, I'm a man's man with a possible tapeworm. We haven't decided <laughs> yet, but that's my that's my life <laughs> in a nutshell. Welcome to Lord Up, everybody, a podcast where we decide what we're going to do for the future of this show before your very ears. That's actually the, the that's a really good new format. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we've been doing recently we just had that's our true. first live show which was a very big success i thought, I thought yeah that was it was crazy well. how many people showed up i have to edit that and put it up oh, probably this very week. With, with this episode i'll probably intend throw up that just in case people want to listen to it a twofer you get double there's the dump because there's no episode last week so there's two this week that's, I think that's a good way to do it that's very fair you're kind yeah. of benevolent Person. I'm a very kind and benevolent person. We all know this. Yes. Anyways, hey, what are we going to oh, talk yes. about today? Well, I think I, 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 I've been watching you itch to talk about something really important, Sean. Me? Like, really An itchy person? Yeah. Untrue. Fake tell us, news. Tell us where this rash came from. What, what caused this excitement rash that you've got? I got a rash. <laughs> and the only cure is more cowboy. I mean, Pathfinder. Dink, dink. Oh. Dink. <laughs> We can't start doing music again. It'll be the rest of the show, Joe. That'll be it. Wait, what was the what was the thing you said? I missed it. I was too busy cowbell. No, it's fine. Your joke was worth me having to repeat this. Um, more <laughs> Pathfinder. Your outrage at my bad comedic timing. <laughs> is it the wasn't best. bad comedic timing. It was just. Uh, loudly exclaimed over my comedic timing, which is unacceptable, as you and know. You have mwah, comedic timing, and I <laughs> screwed it all up with my nose. I also have mwah, anger issues, so <laughs> those go together like oil and water. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so we're talking about the Pathfinder. Yeah, the Pathfinder we've recently begun to venture into, you and I. It's been fun. We've got a good group offline. We do. You're DMing and we're all kind of learning together. Yeah. Uh, it was very much intended to be a, I don't know how this game works. I intend to learn the way I do with most things by just doing Setting it wrong it until fire. someone corrects me. Oh. Which happens a lot of the time. Uh, which is, it's, it's, it's a good way to learn Pathfinder, I think. You, you can, you're good. 
Well, I still don't know most of what the checks are because I still ask for inside checks and nature checks and there's none of that shit. And I asked to make a persuasion roll and it's all diplomacy or some shit. Like, what? What is what is diplomatic about asking some dumb questions? That is the place where we stumble the most, isn't it? Like, it's checks. I don't know skill anything checks. checks. It's not just you because a lot of the time, like, a player knows to, like, edge for a certain check and this this time around we just throw scenarios out there and go uh-huh. so sean what's the check <laughs> it's also brutal because there are no like contested roles everything has a dc in this game so you finding the dc is also sometimes the challenge like what do you roll against what are you rolling this skill up against from these enemies mm. and again there has been so much work done with this game to give everything a DC or at least allow you to do the math to find the DC. There's no more guesswork or like, oh, this is what I'm feeling. It's like you can still do that, but the game has a balance to where it's like this is the exact DC you need to find and beat. It's very interesting. And it's it, it, the math. You can see the way the math works. It kind of explodes outwards on like the fact that you get a proficiency gain every level essentially that bumps your skill up you can see how it's really easy to con a party member early on and much harder after a few levels and it's really interesting yeah because uh as josh has just pointed out everything in this game instead of having a proficiency bonus that goes up every like three or four levels everything scales to your level because you add that into your attack rolls you add that into your uh skill checks um certain things that you're better or worse at um but everything changes as you level up which makes the rolls insane even at level three or four they get a plus three to all their rolls it's fucking crazy my my uh perception is plus eight out of Mm -hmm. the gate as a fighter yeah which is that's crazy banana sandwich ruse as well the clerics as well through the roof yeah but everything scaled to when you're interacting with like lower level or regular civilians, you're going to see straight through most things, but then you run into a monster or a Machiavellian creature and like, it doesn't matter because they've scaled up to you. And y'all, when I tell you the creatures in this game are fucking fun, that is not a lie. I have not had this much fun running creatures in 5e ever. What's, what's your favorite so far? I think the last one we did, because I didn't actually look, so I'm going to spoil this for, you'll find out next session. But what you guys fought last session was a cave troll. Or, no, sorry, a cave giant. Oh my god. Yeah, it was a, a level six creature, because they have you levels nearly not killed CR. Alec and I. I nearly killed most of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, thank god for Rue, but. Thank god. It has this really cool ability, because it has the, you know, the big smash with the hammer, punch with fists. It can throw rocks if it finds one. But they also give each creature like a unique ability that only that creature has or like only that type of creature would have. Mm-hmm. Like some giants might share this, but it had this thing called wall smear <laughs> where it could use a portion of its turn to take one creature and just pin it against a wall doing a shit ton of damage. Yeah, I was on the receiving just, end of that. Yeah, yeah. Josh's character. Did almost, you crit on that too? I. It says in the ability, if you crit, double the damage. <laughs> oh, and it hurts so bad. Yeah. So what you do is you you use a portion of your turn because each turn is comprised of three uni- or three of the same action units. 
There's no move bonus action action. It's just three actions you can take. You can use all of them to move. You can use all of them to attack. You can use two of them to move and attack once. You can use one of them to attack or move and attack twice. It's a really unique and awesome way to do it. But this creature has an ability where you take two of those action units and you use this big attack where you grab a creature who's next to a wall, smash them into the wall, and hold them there. And I thought, that is fucking cool. And I almost killed Josh with it. It was so good. It was so cinematic. Like, he just picked my boy up and I was grinning like an idiot. You nearly killed me in one shot and I was so fucking hyped for it. Uh, I was like, yes! (laughs) It's so well designed because the creatures that are big in that game are able to stand against the party on their own. Mm. Now, mind you, you guys played that very well. There was a bunch of status effects where he couldn't move without taking or he had to move or he'd take damage. He made, had to we like, made him spend actions. Which you is guys smart. kept tripping him because Alex, a little shit monster. It was one of the most well-played fights I think I've ever seen because everyone mechanically was shifting around very well. Um, I don't know. I just, it was it was the first fight we've had where I was like, oh, you guys get this game now. This is good. I can throw things at you and you won't immediately die. I adore combat in Pathfinder. I know you know this. You've seen me like it is. I'm playing a simple melee fighter and it is so nuanced and deep with the way that you actually have to manage your resources because Sean was talking about the action economy, right? You have to spend actions to set up reactions a lot of the Mm -hmm. time as well. So there's a lot of you can adjust your AC using reactions to things a lot like shield but that operates with physical shields it operates with like the rogues dexterous abilities to avoid things so you can set up responses based on how you think the monster is going to react to you and vice versa so like managing the action economy is so good and i just i'm the tank and i absolutely love playing it because it's not just wading in and getting hit and then hitting back I have to decide how I'm going to, am I going to try and do a little added damage? Am I going to, you know, lose an action, but buff my AC? Am I, how am I going to do this? And I love that so much. It's very, it's very different from 5e combat where you just have your, okay, this is what I do on my turn. I do my one thing and I move somewhere else and then I wait. And if something happens, I'll use my reaction then and. That's all good and dandy, which is fine, but it's never as weighty as you want it to be, because a lot of the times if you're a fighter, you're just like, okay, I move up to the enemy. I do my two attacks. They die. I move to the next enemy. I do my two attacks. Or three or whatever level you are. I have to decide if I'm going to raise my shield and I have to decide how I'm going to react with my shield because I could do different things with it. Like, it's it's very not only that, but at level one, if you're standing in front of someone, you can make three attacks. They get a a stacking penalty, which is very well designed in the game. Uh, It's like minus five for your second attack and minus 10 for your third attack, which is eventually offset by your player level alone. So you're at a minus zero for your attack at that point. So it's very, very well designed. And everyone has different ways. Every class has different ways to play around with those actions and, and get the most benefit for their class out of it. There's also different feats that allow you to take certain special actions. It's all 
so thoroughly thought through, which is the uh, the other side of the coin from what 5e did, which, again, I have to say this multiple times, 5e is a great system. I'm not Fantastic. dunking on it. 5e is perfect, and it's an exact... It's exactly what tabletop games needed is an entry point game that is fun, easy to play, something you can learn on the go, something that isn't consequent heavy. This is the Dark Souls of 5e. Very much so, I think. It's more brutal. It rewards you less, but you feel like you get rewarded more. Just because of your own actions, your own choices in what you do and what you build makes you feel like you're actually growing faster mm-hmm. as a character, I think. Yeah. And the the mechanics very much lean well into the flavor of the mm-hmm. game, right? Like, again, creatures who are undead take damage from healing magic mm-hmm. and take get health back from damage that is harm, like necrotic yeah. damage, right? Like, things like that completely change the dynamic because undead creatures may be on your side as well. Like, it's not as it's not as cut and dry as that. And, like, it's very interesting. The feat system is really good. I, I'm also really... So I was, I was thinking about this when you mentioned, like, it, it was really telling about the cool way that magic works as well when Parker's character, Jin, used that spell that essentially made you waste two actions. When I was watching that, I was like, that's a cool way to limit a monster while not completely taking it out of the fight. It did. It lost yeah. two actions, kind of. No, I think it, what it was is it, it, was, it, it had, to move, had to move or, or I would take 2d8 damage. Yeah. So like it forced consequence on the DM, but you yes. could still use the monster to engage in the fight. In D&D, mm-hmm. a lot of spells, the monster would just be standing there and we would be positioning ourselves around it for when it was time to hit it again yes but in pathfinder because of the way the action economy works the monster could still do things even though you've limited its ability to do things or provided different consequences right i really like that like that's a cool way for it to operate yes i think because in 5e it's either all or nothing with the occasional spell like oh slow he can only you know do one action on his turn can't take reactions he has to choose between an action bonus action half speed all that stuff which is kind of all or nothing yeah um even in that limited case but this is just like oh you lose one of your three actions a turn it's like oh fuck i can still do stuff but now i gotta plan better yeah which i think is is an easier way to do that i i i don't know i just love a lot of the different ways you can all come together as a group yeah and fight whatever fight you have in front of you. We definitely have to be more tactical. <laughs> that's only in the setup, though, and that's very much player yeah. decision-based. Yeah. Which I'm fully for if it's all in character and yeah, not hurting anyone else. Yeah. What we, like, this last fight was terrifying because it role-played out in a way that made a lot of sense. But also, you could die from those role <laughs> decisions yeah, a lot could. more easily than you can. Yeah, you game. could. Like, oh, it, man. <laughs> Jesus. Commune's character was nearly... Nearly almost dead. Yeah. Again. Again. That's yeah. number three, I think. He's... Yeah, I think he's gone down in the past three fights. Yeah. 
You put me down in the first fight or second fight? The second uh, fight, because we fought sunflowers, then orcs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the orcs put me down. And then in yeah. the three following fights to that, it was Virgil. And then in this <laughs> last fight, it was Virgil and Ur. It was both yes. of us. But I, he, yeah. Because he, his character is so incredibly, again, the characters are strong in what they do mm -hmm. at great cost. My character doesn't hit that hard, and he doesn't move that quickly. Bullshit. Holy sh... Well, he hits fairly hard. Yeah. But holy <laughs> shit, can he take a punch? Like, yes. Like, compared to the rest of the team, goddamn, can he take a hit? Virgil, like, can has these incredibly incredible crowd control abilities and damage out the ass. But boy, if he gets looked at wrong, he blood starts pouring out of all of his orifices. Like, Nice. Yeah. That's what he would probably want. Probably. <laughs> it's very much Sorry, his Alec. aesthetic. Yeah, like, it's, it's very interesting, right? Like, <laughs> our healer yeah. heals incredibly. Yeah. Our alchemist sets the entire party on fire Alec. really, really well. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite thing is how almost every time Commune is down. Down. He steps right up and he's like, "All right, my time to shine." Throws a firebomb in the area where he is. It's like, oh, this is, this is so good. Consistently forgets he has splash damage, and it is one of the best parts of the entire game. It's so good. <laughs> so there's these things called hero points, where at the beginning of each session, a player is given a hero point. They can spend a single hero point to like reroll failed save or like get advantage general because there's no real advantage in pathfinder but you roll two dice take the higher one if you use a hero point uh or if your character's going to die you spend all of the hero points you've accrued up to that point and you are not dying you're at one hit point you come back into the fight from unconsciousness which is a cool mechanic if you're like my character's about to die i don't want that to happen i spent all my hero points uh, which has only happened once in our game so far, and <laughs> Commune had to spend all of his hero points because he got firebombed when he was unconscious and he was dead. <laughs> so good. It was one of the funniest moments. Uh, but then he got back up, and he joined the fight again, and he was fine after that. That's the nuance element of the feat system, too. I was looking the other day because mm -hmm. I... I'm the homework boy. I'm, like, constantly on my phone, like, going You're gonna through... die hard? I'm, I'm the annoying one. Uh, who's like, but, uh, I was looking, there's a feat that adds a death level. So die you can, hard. yeah, yeah. I was looking at die hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of dying at four, you die at five. Yeah. And I was like, that's so interesting. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it's like the tough feat. Yeah. From it is like, 5e. Yeah. I, I like, I, it's just, it's <laughs> fascinating. It's so well, well made. So, but it is complicated <clears throat> it like feels more like you're building a character rather than playing through the subclass that you have available to you yeah because there are almost no subclasses and even the ones they have available to you are very customizable um because i don't i don't think most classes have subclasses they're all just different class feats you can take that essentially allow you to build the way you want to play that character which is immensely more rewarding than I am a gloom stalker ranger or I am a, a storm sorcerer. 
It's like, okay, I know all the abilities you're going to get for the rest of the game. Cool. And here's where you get them. With this system, it's like, I don't know what Josh is going to take next time he levels up. I could guess, but there's 15 options. Well, and that's you 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 can only guess based on the way we're leaning with our builds, right? Yes. Like that's the thing. Is like I'm leaning in again, the fact that I get to lean into building a tank, you don't get to do that in D and D 5B. You just go, I pick the one that has the abilities that are tanky that unlock eventually. This yeah. one I'm like, I can pick between four different things that make me more survivable and are all viable. Very true. And it's cool. It's it's so so nice to have all that in the background. Like, I don't have to come up with abilities. You guys just pick them and they're there for you. You know, I don't have to homebrew stuff in that makes your characters more interesting. It's just like, oh, no, I took a feat that allows me to do this. And, you know, I'm sitting there like, the fuck? You're really guys level two. You found a feat that lets you do this? Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> it's amazing. Where you have like a shield thing that can block and like repel someone five feet. I'm like, the f- What? Fuck yeah. you. <laughs> just off. Yeah, just off. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I love can we talk about crafting a little bit too? We can talk about crafting. Crafting's an actual. Like, the Real things thing. when, in 5e, just before we get to crafting, I want to give a little preface to this. The things in 5e that people don't normally know, or they have to, like, spend some time thinking about how it fits into their world or what the mechanics of it would look like, they have built out in Pathfinder. There are rules for crafting. There are rules for um, building things and training on certain things. Like, downtime has rules and can be explored. And it is vastly rewarding to do so. So talk a little bit about crafting for us, Josh. Well, I mean, it's it's so funny. And, like, they've taken that crafting system and they've fleshed it out really well. And it works both for characters who are not crafting focused but it's also integrated into like the alchemist Mm -hmm. it's really cool like the alchemist requires crafting to function as a class in a lot of ways but then like our medic is also doing crafting and learning medicine to be able to do some alchemical things alongside it and the way those progress are different like Mm -hmm. you know our our medic inevitably isn't going to craft quite as well as the alchemist but they still have that ability to progress there. And also, there are trees that go off. Like, our medic is going to be real solid at making healing salves and potions, whereas, mm-hmm. like, our alchemist's crafting is specifically into alchemical concoctions like fire, and there's healing elixirs in there and stuff yes. like that. But it's very nuanced. And it's down to the point, like, I, I'm, I'm talking a lot about my character, and it's solely because it's the point of context I have for reference right my shield if i use it to block i can use it to absorb damage if i take damage like raising my shield increases my ac but i can also if i'm still going to take damage absorb some of that damage into my shield Mm -hmm. when i do that my shield has hit points and those hit points go away so i elected to take feats that allow me to specialize in blacksmith repair specifically and then I went out and bought a repair kit and I began like, so I can mend my shield. But there are full rule sets, sets on how successful I am in my repair roles, which have repair modifiers, which dictate how well I'm able to, or how much health I'm able to get back on my shield. But if that shield breaks, it's gone. So. I mean, like... From the Muppets, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it's, there's meaning to crafting in, in everything in that game. Yes. And 
I know this sounds like a lot for people who primarily play 5e. And again, if this sounds like a lot, it probably isn't your game. Yeah. <laughs> I fully understand that. But for the people who have played 5e through multiple times, even to the point where a UA comes out, you devour it immediately. And it's like, okay, well, I've played everything even there. I want something else. Pathfinder is worth giving a try. Yeah. Um, even in the skills like what Josh said with crafting, there is a specific section of feats for like, okay, I am not good at crafting. I am good at medicine. I can take a feat that allows me to use my medicine in place of crafting for certain things, which is what our, our healer did. And they can now create health potions, medicines, uh, antidotes for poisons with their medicine skill, which is very high versus their crafting skill, crafting skill which is very low. Yeah. And That's that is just, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see. Mm. They're rewarding you for playing your character the way you like playing them. It's so good. Yes. It's very smart. I will say one of my favorite things in the game is there are no more <laughs> so the DCs that they set in the game for certain things, it's dependent on the level of what they're trying to do. It'll say, okay, you start with 10 and you add one for every level they go up, or it'll tell you what the chart is for how the DCs look. But for creatures, the DCs are all set. So it's either the player rolling against the set DC for the monster, or the monster rolling against the set DC for the character. Even on things like a trip attack. Like, if you're trying to trip the monster, there's no more guesswork on the DM side. It's not like, a, okay, what would he be for this? You literally have a rule that says the creature rolls, or the player rolls against this creature's set DC. And if they beat it, the creature falls down. But that DC, depending on the creature, can be very, very, very high. Because <laughs> I think the giant had a plus 18 yeah, it was only like a CR six creature equivalent. Oh, the modifiers were ins sounded insane from a D and D five E context. Yeah, when we were playing that thing. We heard those numbers and we were like, "Oh my god!" But it makes sense mm -hmm. for the way that Pathfinder works. Yes, because our numbers go up like that as well with levels. Again, I think my to hit at level three, two, we're level two. My to hit is a plus ten. Yeah. So. <laughs> But that being said, the ref the the modifier so there's the reflex saving throw, um, wisdom saving throw or wisdom will save reflex save, and I think the other one is con. Are those the three saves? It's it's you see like a new con. With this game. Yeah, uh, four it's four fortitude save, will four, fortitude reflex and fortitude. And there's only three. Yes, and to trip. A, a creature you have to uh, they roll or you roll against their reflex saving throw this thing had a plus 13 which means it's, it's DC was 23 it was a very difficult creature to trip Alec did more than once trip yeah. this thing so it, it's set up to be a very difficult challenging fight but there is still the possibility with how these characters work that it gets done and having that baked in and not having to figure out all the numbers to make it that like there's a chance, but it might not work. It's life saving for building encounters because you can just throw a creature onto a map and it 
would run perfectly fine as long as it's within the, you know, you can actually use their CR rules for building encounters because it actually works in this game. That was on the highest scale of what you guys should be able to fight. There was just one of them and it almost killed some of you. Yeah, it was a brutal fight for sure. And if it it nearly got through our defensive line and if it had hit our casters, that was all she wrote. And I, you were going that way, like you. Could, I was about to. You were about to mash some casters. <laughs> yeah, but God, you guys, you guys played it so well. I'm so proud of you. You guys learned in the game yeah. too well, in fact. I love it. God, I love it. Yeah. I will. This is gross. I even like encumbrance in that game. I like the bolt encumbrance it. system. Yeah. Yes. It's good. It's, it's very good. Solid. They're... You have a bulk you can carry, and you can have a weight you can carry. Yes. <laughs> and they're measured and, differently. And at a certain point, they're like, I don't worry about that until it becomes one bulk. Then you have to measure it on your thing. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just nothing. Don't it's just a little it. bit of weight, yeah. Yes. Until it all, once you get ten things that are, like, light, then it becomes mm-hmm. a bulk, essentially. Including coins. Yes, so you can't carry infinite wallets like everyone in D&D does. There's no infinite money holes in your jeans. So that's going to be interesting when you guys start finding money. Also, the money is interesting because the silver piece is the primary piece of currency in that world, in that game. It's mentioned out where everyone uses silver pieces. Gold pieces are like, you know, traveling around. You need higher doses. And platinum's like rich people throwing money at the poor. It's like, ow, I'm flexing on you all because I use this uh, platinum piece. It's like, Jesus, this guy has platinum. We should, I don't know, give him anything he wants. Well, and like, the beauty of like, the bulk system is, I think more often than the weight, bulk is the problem. Like, the bulk is the thing you have to manage. Because my my bitch is bulky as hell. With the armor Mm -hmm. he's got on him and the weapons he's carrying, his bulk is very high. His also capacity to carry bulk is quite a lot, but like he's capped out because he wears armor and that armor impacts his bulk. Like it, it, so you can't just be like hauling around plate without facing negatives. Yes. Like, and it's less, it's, it's, it's more impactful, but in more nuanced ways than D and D five, you know, like, okay, you don't have proficiency in plate. Yeah. You get I one just, negative. I just realized an interesting point that we haven't actually spoken about yet. And this is the very basic starting point of the game. You do not roll stats for your characters in this game. You do not. That's true. We didn't even mention that. But you don't roll D6s to determine your class stats, which I'm going to say this as someone who loves rolling their dice for their characters to start in 5e. It's better. The system they've designed for rolling up characters is better because every every class you pick will eventually lead you to have the best stat maxed out for that class. Like you can have an 18 at level one. That's not insane. Um, Maybe I might have to check the rule. There might be a rule saying you can't go above 16 in any one stat. It's you can't go above 18. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah, you can't get a 20 at level one, which. Obviously, you shouldn't have a 20 at level one. And it's not that there's a hard cap there. It's just the way that they allocate those pluses and minuses across racials and and passives uh, is there is no way to get above an 18. It's mathematically impossible. That's what it was. There's no set rule, but it is not possible to get above an 18 mathematically. Yeah. You can dump every 
they called ability boosts. You can dump every ability boost you can dump into, say, a wisdom if you're going to be a wisdom based character. With your race, background, uh, and class. I think there's one more. Heritage. Heritage, that is correct. Um, heritage isn't the race. Ancestry. Oh, heritage is race. You're right. I know there's four. I forget where the fourth one comes from. Oh, one of them is just part of the leveling process. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just get one round you, of free boosts. You get one plus two plus twos to apply at the beginning. Something yes. like that. Yeah. So you get one from your race, one from the background you choose, which are very in-depth and actually very well thought out because you get a lot of feats with them and they're... Very important, yeah. Very cool. And there's like uh, eight of them per heritage, which is cool. Yeah. You know how the sailor background gets the ability to pack to get voyages on a ship for free or reduce costs and no one ever uses that. This is like that, except people use the feats that they're given and the abilities they're given. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's the, the actual class, which gives you the inherent ones that they would use for the class. And then there's the free round, which you can get maximum of 18 in any one. Skip. And so the way that that's limited is you always get a plus two. And then it depends on how many plus twos you get as to where you are in that level, in that creation process. But you can never upgrade a stat twice in one of those rounds. So there's four yes. rounds at plus two. And if you can only allocate plus two once per round, you can only get to 18. Yes. And I think um, in every single round, except for the bonus free for all round, you have to allocate like one of them. It'll tell you like, oh, where this one is con. This one is Dex for this background or this character race or this class. And and then some of them will say, and then you can pick one of any one you want. And some of the heritage will <laughs> say, and you get minus two to this. Yes. Those, I got those are interesting. And uh, I know there's a lot of change going on with like specific races getting specific stats and negatives and stuff like that i'd be interested to see how pathfinder adjusts that because it is kind of baked into their set rule set yeah um but mechanically i i don't mind it it is a little like oof. i don't think they give any super negatives because no. i think dwarves are undexterous which yeah i mean they're bulky creatures it makes yeah. sense in the lore of dwarves as a whole it's a it's a it's a thing that I think they could adjust easily enough by saying you are required to apply a negative to a place and two positives to a place, right? You just do D and D what D and D has done, which is you get plus two two plus twos and you get a minus two. Yeah. Allocate that. As you see fit, that is that is how I would if they feel required to fix that in regards to saying set races have certain negatives and positives um because what happens with the reason you have those minus twos is because you have very potent feats that come from your heritage so like dwarves get access to some crazy armor and weapons out of the gate uh in regards to proficiencies that the others don't and so they negate that by your movement is garbage (laughs) which is a not a whole other thing movement is completely different like Average movement a lot of the time is, 25. is twenty to twenty-five. Yeah, like and and it's it's much more impactful. Like our rogue is crazy fast compared to the rest of the party. Yes. That is it's a very interesting dynamic in how characters are built and how they set up and even how they start. 
Like when you start a character in Pathfinder, you are usually wrong about where they're going to continue from from there, which I've seen in, in this game specifically. Like people were like, oh, I'm probably going to go this way. And then I think the first combat, everyone was like, I can't sustain that. No, fuck it. I'm going to take something else when I level up. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very, very good. Mm. I don't know. Across the board, I just I like a lot of the the changes and they've simplified it from what I've heard from the original Pathfinder. Mm. The Pathfinder 2E is a lot even from that is simplified in a way, but still more of that crunch. It's it's fascinating how we've we've just rattled off all of these numbers and mechanics at you that sound very complicated. We were excited about encumbrance. None of it has detracted from our role play as a group. Not a single thing. We've never had a problem continuing to role play and tell a narrative. Yes. And arguably it's enhanced certain elements. It is fun to lean into crafting because of the way those numbers and those roles manifest. Yeah, because your character can become good at making things and there's a rule set for making things. You can be a crafter. You can open a fucking store and there are rules for selling items you make. Yep. Like, that's fully a thing you can do. You can monetize your ability to craft. There is just a downtime activity you can take that says make money. You can just choose to earn income as part of your downtime. You can find a job, find work in the city somewhere with your crafting, with whatever you're good with. And you can just earn an income when you're in town for a certain amount of time. It's the downtime stuff I'm, I'm all for and I love. I can't it's wait till you guys actually have some of that. Hit points and healing also, right? Like sleeping yeah, just let's doesn't... talk about long rest. Let's do it. Yeah, tell us. Tell us, Sean. Ooh, baby, I love this game. So <laughs> on a long rest, which is my probably my favorite change because long rest healing you fully in 5e is a bit ridiculous, but I get it for the sake of the rules. In Pathfinder, when you take a long rest, if you have spells, you get all your spell slots back and you can prepare them, which is another thing we'll talk about after long rest. Because it's one of my one of my problem points with the game. But you prepare all your spells and get all your spell slots back for what you have. You heal. I think it is your your constitution modifier times your level. That is the amount of hit points you get back on a long rest. So if you have a two constitution and you're level five, you'll get back what ten hit points per night. Yeah. That's not a that's not full heal, everybody. That's not a full heal. That's where medics are very important. Someone trained in medicine and able to heal the party is very important in Pathfinder. If you don't have one, you are fucked. If you do not have someone trained in medicine, you will all fucking die. Guarantee it. <laughs> For sureies. Hundo percent. And so the way it works I'm sorry. is there is no long or there's no short rest either. What a medic can do is over a period of 10 minutes, they can attempt to treat your wounds, which if they fail, you are uh, not able to do so again for the next hour, I believe. Yeah. So essentially once every hour, they can attempt to heal you a certain amount, depending on how good your healer is. That might just be, you know as easy as breathing to them. But you have to take a certain amount of time to treat wounds, to heal, to allow yourself to recover. Which is, I, I, I love it. It's tasty. Things can progress also, in the world. It's, 
hit points are weird in the game because if you don't have hit points, you don't have hit. The way it scales is much more aggressive in <laughs> early on. Like again, Ur has 36 hit points at level two. I think the rest of the party are barely scraping 20. Yeah. But I still don't get maximum on long rests because even with the high con I have, it will not cap out that large void. So even like it, it's absolutely crucial that you have somebody to restore hit points beyond sleeping. Yes. And even if you wanted to try and improve your rest uh, quality, you have to go to a town and take 24 hours of downtime. And I think even that is, uh, let's say you get two times your con, which is five, and then that's 10 hit points. If you're resting for 24 hours, that just doubles it to 20. So even then, you would still probably need to like go see a physician in town or some shit yeah. to make it go faster. Which makes sense, because you can't just lay on a wound and have it heal. It's so good! <laughs> a, a player in 5e almost gets decapitated the next day they're at full health. That makes no fucking sense. We also haven't talked about wounds, Sean. Can we talk about wounds? Let's talk about death, baby. Let's, Let's talk, talk about, about you, you and me. me. So, one of my favorite things has obviously been the damage system, how you recover from being hurt, and more importantly, how you die. So there's no death saving throws. You hit zero hit points, you become what is known as the condition wound or dying one, which means you are at the first level of dying. And if you get to four, like we talked about earlier, four is the normal dying point of every character. If you hit dying four, you are character dies permanently. Dunzo. It needs to be resurrected through other means. Now the way you go through that is when you are in the dying condition. At the start of your turn, you roll just a straight d20, like a death save, and I believe you're trying to get a 10 or above, which, if you fail, causes you to go to the next stage of wounding, or dying. Yes. Um, I don't think there's a way to succeed and get back up from dying. I don't think so. And criticals work very differently in this game as well. But Yes. I believe if you roll a natural 20, there is a way to get up. But I don't think besides that, I think you just keep dying until someone heals you. And when you get back up, you, if you're not, uh, I think if you're not healed by a medicine check of a certain medicine level, like say someone has a certain feat, then they can cure your dying level. Um, because when you get back up from dying, if you do not cure what is called uh your wounds if it does not heal wounded then you come up equal to the wounded con or the wounded condition, condition equal to the level of the dying condition you had so if you were dying three you come up at wounded three which means if you fall unconscious you are dying four and you fucking die yeah so and it's actually most of the healing magic does not cure wounded it has to be a treat wounds ability from a medic Yes. To, so a lot of the time you get healed, I come believe back it, up. at higher levels, there will yeah. be magic that yeah. cures wounded. It will For stay sure. on there, though. But at lower levels, you're getting, if you're getting raised by healing magic, you're coming up and you're at three wounded, like Sean says, and you take another hit, you're dead. Those wounds, so it's like, if, it's almost like if you retained your death, your failed death saving throws. 
if you went down and you failed a death saving throw and you got rezzed again and you fell back down, you would start with a failed death saving throw. Yes. It's very good. It's very, very good. What about like what about like spells, Sean? You you we haven't really touched upon spells. I'm not I played a little bit with Sean before where I played a spellcaster. Um and the, the biggest difference for me is that we were talking about the action economy early on, right? Mm-hmm. To cast a spell a lot of the time it's two actions for more potent spells. Or you can for instance enhance the reach of your spell if you've uh. got like spell reach. By spending an extra action, you can make your spell go further once you've claimed that feat. So there's a lot of economy around customizing your spells based on the feats you have with your action economy to like diversify casting as well. Yes. One's person, one person's arcane missile is not the same as another person's. They manifest in different ways, mechanically. Yes. Sorry, you, you're thinking something. I apologize. No, I, I just wanted to go back and correct something about the dying thing because I just looked it up. Mm-mm. So um, the way it works is sort of like a an up and down thing. So if you pass that that check we said, so you make a death death save, we'll call them. Uh, if you succeed, you go to the uh, previous level of dying. Wounded one. So dying say one. you're at dying two, you succeed, you go up to dying one. And I think if you go up to dying zero, you are just unconscious with zero hit points. That's right. Yeah, it's like a scale. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's a it's like a fight you're having off to the side by yourself. It's not three, three. It's just an up and down like ladder you can keep battling with. Um, but if you get cure wounds, you stand up. up at that wounded condition. So Whatever if you, you were have, at yeah. dying three and you get cure wounds to dying three, you come up at wounded three. Yes. And you want to get those wounds away from you as soon as possible. Mm. Now, magic, how magic works in this game and the way I, I, as someone who loves spellcasting in 5e, am hesitant to play a spellcaster in 2nd edition Pathfinder. You have to prepare your spells for the day. And not only do you have to prepare what spells you have each day, you have to prepare what level of spell is in each one of your higher level spell slots. So you cannot have cure wounds let's say at level one and decide later in the day to cast it at level three you have to prepare a third level cure wounds at the beginning of the day to have to use later and that means you can't cast it at first level unless you've selected there yes there are some exceptions to these rules obviously there's um i think sorcerers have the ability to they do heighten their spells innately it's it's why sorcerers are actually good in pathfinder is heightened spells are incredibly powerful. And signature spells too. Signature spells yes. are very powerful. I think it's um spontaneous casting versus prepared casting. Yeah. Is the two different uh things. Spontaneous casting means you can you have a limited spell pool to pull from, but all of your spells can be used at any level uh a n- number of times each day. Certain you don't have ones. to prepare them. You yes. have like in you have inherent spells that you know so well and they talk about like si- again signature spells you can adjust the scale that you cast them at. It's still not yes, all of not them. Yes, not even all of them. Yeah. yeah. But it's still easier to choose cuz that choice is mitigated. Yes, 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 yes. Where wizards and clerics come in is they have to prepare every day what level their spells are going to be at for the whole day. Like, if you want to cast Polymorph twice, you've got to prepare two Polymorphs. 
that is insanity to me. I would go insane trying to do that. And I would kick myself so hard when the opportunity for one of my spells comes up and I didn't prepare it. I would be furious. With it's myself. not as flexible. Yeah, it's it's, it's way more powerful because some of the yeah. spells you can do in this game are fucking banana shit insane. But you have to prepare them individually. That's, and that that's is what I was to say. It's the counterbalance so to so interesting. how powerful spellcasting is. Because yes. spellcasting is super powerful in this game. Yeah. There are like six level spells where it's like, okay, you're a dragon now. You're yeah. a fucking full dragon and you just fight with the dragon stats. Have fun. Yeah. It's like, that's a six level spell in this game. It's yeah. insanity. They have 10th level spells in this game too. They have a higher level of magic and some of them are bonkers. There's also, they handle the schools of magic a little bit better, I think, in that the schools yeah. of magic are real schools that spells fall into. So your access is not di dictated necessarily by your class, exactly. Or it is, but you pick a school of magic that is available to your class, uh, and there's different schools of magic, and it's, it's, it's better defined, I feel like. So, the, sorry, the schools of magic still exist, like abjuration, transmutation, yes, all those. Sorry. There are categories of magic yeah um there Occults, are yeah uh, arcane divine arcane. occult and primal yeah are the four like natural magic uh so arcanes like wizards divines clerics occult is warlocks and primal is nature just kind of like thematically yeah yeah which is really really good yeah they're not limited to like all sorcerers have this sorcerer spell list. No. You can choose different bloodlines that have different spell yeah. lists. Like, one might have the arcane list, one might have the occult list. You can kind of see where you want to go, and I and think that's of, very cool. As I recall, a lot of the... It's been a while since I made my sorcerer, but a lot of the bloodlines, you pick one of those two categories. So, like, you can pick a bloodline and have access to two possible categories. Once you've picked it, you're locked into it. But it gives you also like nuance and flavor there as well. Yes. Because I believe when I picked a bloodline, I could pick between arcane and occult or something like that. I may be Interesting. wrong. It's been a while. Uh, I have no idea. I have never played a Pathfinder character. There's just a lot I, of shit like I that. I think they're set. Oh, okay. Or, I, think or you like... were, I think you were choosing between two different bloodlines. Oh, you're right. I was. I was looking at the draconic and the arcane yes. or whatever it was yeah yeah but like earth i guess things Which like is the same thing almost yeah very close the and... the things like so when you pick your god picking a god grants a weapon proficiency as a cleric right like mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff like that where weird little things grant you stuff that completely change your character in early game yeah and there are also things like that we haven't even really gotten into in our group that are like focus spells. Yeah. We haven't even looked at those. No one's even like, I don't think anyone in our group really has those too much. Maybe I had a couple does. when I made that sorcerer, I had focus spells and yeah. I, I don't think I ever used one, but they, they function outside of the spell rules. Like they, your ability to cast yes. them is different. So they're essentially spells that, um, you can use a certain number of times. You have this pool of focus points, and you can spend those points to cast focus spells attributed to your class specifically mm -hmm. that other classes don't have access to. Um, 
And what's really interesting about that is you can take a 10-minute activity to regain focus points. So you can just take a quick 10-minute break in your adventuring to regain the ability to cast those spells. That's fucking cool. That's cool. Some of these abilities are really fucking strong, too. Yeah. God, so cool. it's actually very worthwhile to just take like, hey, guys, can we take a 10-minute break? Maybe some of us heals our, heals our wounds. I need my focus points back. So I'm going to do that. It's really fun to have a short rest actually be like a short 10-minute yeah. break. I was going to say, that's the thing is the short rest system is kind of removed but there are a lot of rules that say take 10 minutes and taking 10 minutes in a dungeon is far more feasible than taking an hour. <laughs> yes. You recollect your thoughts. You get some of those focus points back. That's fine. The healer heals up a few wounds. Actually, they can only really heal one person because it takes 10 minutes. But yeah. if you guys want to take 20 minutes, heal two people, maybe, you know, you get your focus points back. Someone else does something else. I'm not sure, but it's, very worthwhile and there again if you really like the focus point things you can take feats that give you more focus points that you can use more abilities throughout the day it's it's there to set up the way you want to play and what you think is cool and what thing you think your character would want to do more of and i love this whole thing so here's the big question here's the question from me to you because we're getting to play right now you're not getting to play if you Don't could play, me. if you could play, what race you. and what class? Cobalt Oracle. Okay, tell us about this Cobalt Oracle. Like, what's the uh, what? Why? How? When? Who? <laughs> there is one of the Oracle. Uh, I forget what they're fucking called. Uh, Mysteries. That's what they're called. There's one of them that is. Um, so essentially, the Oracles are this strange casting class, kind of. They have these abilities, their focus points, they essentially spend them and they get a, whenever they use one of their focus spells, they get a positive benefit and a negative benefit. And those two are about equal. They about even out. Um, but one of the ones that really intrinsic or like that really uh, spoke to me is the, I forget what it's actually called, uh, Cosmos. Yes. So the Cosmos Mystery, essentially what it does is it makes your character lighter and less tethered to gravity as you go up in these negative bonuses and positive bonuses. So as you dig, dig deeper into whatever curse or affliction you have on your character, it makes them less um, strong. So you be you basically become the weakest creature on the planet but you can also jump super high and like float across chasms and become untethered by gravity but a stiff breeze will blow you the fuck away and you'll just disappear into the distance and i love a cobalt that's just like this floating little lizard in the sky i have this like mental image of whoever your like heavier character or classes also just has a rope tied to them and then up to the cobalt yeah, like a little hot air yeah and he's just like floating along behind in the background yeah <laughs> so basically the way this character for me was gonna like because they can do some really cool space spells they've got a lot of interesting focus spells in addition to having i believe the um i don't know what 
spell list they have. Actually, they might not have a spell list, which would be interesting. But they have like a lot of space related star or spells that are pretty cool. They have one where they can just make a tangible bridge across a ravine out to a certain distance. It's cool. Like you can just conjure a bridge into existence. It's so good. Yeah. But that is their their primary thing is that they have a positive and a negative that applies every time they cast a spell. It increases in severity. I love that. I love, I love that. that so much. It's so cool. God, that's sick as hell. I love that whole thing. That's super good. I wanna. I, I, after this, I might like sit and dig into freaking some of the other classes just out of curiosity. I, I really want to play a ranged combatant. I think, and yeah, like I really want to see what that's all about. Rangers look very powerful. They do, because I forget what I was reading, but there's certain feats they can take where they can just unfucking load on somebody, just un, just release insane amounts of damage pets and familiars also level up in this game which is brilliant oh yeah like that we oh we could be at this forever but god here's the thing also one thing i want to mention before we get too far away from it is there are non-class related feats you can take Mm -hmm. that allow you to get a familiar or a pet or an animal companion and then you can take more feats to level that up if that's what you want to do you can get a pet as a fucking barbarian or a sorcerer or some shit, you can just have an animal. Yep. That's why. Why? Why didn't they put that in Five E? Everyone so wants a pet. The pets. Inc- the whole pet system is fantastic. It is it's very so good. fantastic. Yeah. Oh. We've got. We've got. Uh, Jen Parker's character has a familiar, already mm-hmm. great, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very interesting. Like use as like a focus to like just fascinating. Very cool. <laughs> It's very good. God. Everything about this game. I should have kept Skinkus and made him a pet. You'd let that happen, right? No. What? Skinkus the goblin? You want a goblin pet? Goblin pet? Josh, that's not okay. You know that. (laughs) You know why that's not okay. I know, I know. Goblin friend. Companion. Gobbo friend. Yeah. Man, I just realized we're at an hour. I could probably keep going. Oh, for, forever. For a while on the different parts of this game that I like. The few things about it are I'm kind of like, oh, oh no. I don't want to do that, but I get why it's there. <laughs> like the choosing the spells, it makes a lot more sense. Oh, let's <laughs> let's end it on this. Okay. My favorite change they made from 5e to Pathfinder. Okay. My button, my closing button. Do you have a last statement you want to give before I going to my shit i'm trying to think of one but i think i've vomited all of my excitement i just that it's a really dumb unimportant take melee combat is a lot better in this game it is Mm -hmm. fun to play a melee class it is far more engaging and interesting spell casting is not where it's at solely and for that pathfinder i applaud you okay Mm -hmm. that's my my closing statement now you please give us the profound they got rid of counterspell. Fuck that spell. <laughs> Dumb piece of shit. It's a cantrip that you can only use if you have the same spell prepared in the same level slot. No one will ever use counterspell effectively ever again. I love it. Fuck you, counterspell. There are a lot of like spammy spells that they fixed, like detect magic. Much better. Yes. You can now only detect 
so essentially it's actually really funny how it works at first level because counterspell is like a sassy dm's ability to say yes or no yeah because detect magic only gives you a is there a magic item or a magic source within 30 feet of me that i do not know about and you should say yes or no yeah it's very funny and it levels up eventually where you can be like okay it's coming from that direction or it's that object has something magical about it but at the beginning it's just like is there something magical within 30 feet of me sure okay well fuck what do i do now and the party I, sits and sifts through the dirt for 20 minutes. I, of course, immediately broke it out of the gate, but in the most bullshit metagamey way on the planet. But but it, it doesn't the, really work thing. that way. The way you broke it is yeah. by making you guys take about 15, Dude, 20 extra in-game minutes to, like, fuck around organize yourselves and yeah, move we, around. Like, we okay, had to that's like, time you're taking. Yeah, which works. Like, that's things aren't happening. And, and we were using it for something that wasn't it was important but it wasn't like world endingly important but yeah. if we were trying to abuse it in a scenario where we needed answers you couldn't no there's no fucking way yeah because you would just keep getting the yes answer yeah <laughs> and even if you all left like you can ignore sources you know about which helps yeah but there's still that like it's just a blatant yeah sure there's nothing something magical in this room yep the end you know what it is could be a chair could be that glowing podium could be one of the paintings <laughs> who fucking knows which makes it even better when it scales up and starts to give you actual clues because you're like this is very useful and i had to work for it i didn't just get yeah. it at level three or yes and it is it, i i'm sorry i just love the fact that counterspell is now just like a it, you have to genuinely work because not only oh, i love the way they did this got rid of that problem immediately not only do you need to have the spell prepared and have counter spell ready to go in that way you also need to be able to recognize the spell being cast which is a feat you have to take a feat to be able to recognize what spell is being cast and it is a reaction to someone casting a spell saying oh i recognize that spell okay boom i counter with the spell i have prepared at third level the way they're countering it or they're casting it Reactions are also super valuable in that game. Mm-hmm. We're we're down a rabbit hole again, and you had we're down that a rabbit beautiful, hole. Profound closing statement. Say the Fuck profound you, closing statement again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Five E is broken because of that spell, as Josh will find out later today. <laughs> Bring it on, <laughs> I'm, motherfucker! I'm kidding. I try not to do it. I just, as a DM who's played around Counterspell before, I know how amazingly destructive it can be to your story, and I'm glad they did away with it. I'm prepared for you. For the most part. As best I can be. Hey! A boo boo doo boo 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 Your tongue was doing some crazy shit. You paused at the weirdest fucking time <laughs> talking about my fucking mouth. <laughs> Your tongue. You should have watched. You, you know what? If you were me, if you were me, you would have done the same. Just did the weirdest thing. I just, I was. Oh. Oh. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, what? What? Are you going to do that again? No. Hold on. I didn't have my this is an audio grab. format. Josh. I didn't have my they screen grab me. tool up. Hold on. They they didn't see it, from Josh. Me, from, do it for me. No. I just did. And that. And that. And that. We need to stop hanging out with Commune. <laughs> He's making us way more sexual. <laughs> Done a lot for our marriage, though. Mm, mm. Bringing someone else into the. Never mind. Let's go. Uh, let's. No, no. Uh, continue. Continue. I've that. already stopped recording. I'm still going. <laughs> no, we're done. We're done. <laughs>